This is Sports Point. Sports Point, the latest in sport from Highland Prestshire and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Nathaniel Goddard, and you're listening to this week's slightly different episode of Sports Point. I'm joined by Fraser Lindsay. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Nathaniel. You well? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yes. Well, this week is going to be slightly different with than our normal episodes, um, as myself and some other members of the team from Heartland will be coming live from Blair Castle Horse Trials on the 26th, 27th, 28th and 29th of August, doing sort of mini podcasts throughout the course of the events. So it kind of seemed pointless to record this as we normally do on a Thursday and then talk about the horse trials, um, which would already be happening at the time that people would have heard this. So me and Fraser are going to do a little bit earlier. We're going to have a chat about the horse trials and we're also going to have a chat about St. Johnston's upcoming game on Thursday in the Europa Conference League second leg. But we're going to jump in and we'll start with some horse trials, which was cancelled last year. So it's good to see that they're back, obviously, with some restrictions there, Fraser. But it is really good to see these events coming back. Yeah, that's right. It's one of these local events. It's a, a really essential event for the, the local economy as much as anything. No, but it is very popular year after year. People love coming out to support and it's great to see it come back. Yeah, they've got decent amounts of spectators um, allowed over the course of the Saturday and Sunday, which will be really good. And there are some some big names potentially booked in, the likes of Tokyo gold medalists, um, Oliver Townend and Tom McEwen, the reigning world champion, Ross Cantor, uh, British Open champion Izzy Taylor, and last year's... Um, CC14 short champion, Aster Nicholas. So that, that, that's going to be a huge draw there. I mean, they put that out in their news about these, these big people are coming. I mean, that's going to sell some tickets, surely. Yeah, that's it. If you're not going to sell tickets on the back of the big names coming like that, then you're you're never going to sell tickets. And the fact that equestrian was such a, a successful sport or one of the many successful sports for Britain at the recent Olympics and the sports on a high, people will be keen to to see these names and see see them in the flesh live and it's not very often you get these opportunities so if you're you're living locally then don't be scared to get yourself along you're gonna have a great time yeah they have had the big big names in the past of gb people the likes of paper funnel have gone obviously winning medals in the olympics and that's a huge draw but i mean some people probably won't know what eventing is fraser what do you know about eventing um minimal has to be said Minimal. Well, my um slight my wonderful skills of let's go and Google things. Um, so the eventing is the the three: your dressage, show jumping, cross country. Well, show jumping tends to be last, but we'll ignore that information. So you've got your ba- dressage to test your your balance, rhythm, suppleness, and coordination between your rider and horse. That's your, sort of your dancing horse stuff. I mean, we, we we see that in the Olympics, but I think the stuff people tend to enjoy more when they watch is like the cross sort of cross country and show jumping. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I watched a wee bit of the the dressage at the Olympics when it was on, but I wouldn't set through hours of it. You know, one or two routines was more than enough for me. I think that definitely it's like it's like watching so many things like rhythmic gymnastics. Like one or two, it's like oh, it's really really impressive. I'm sitting there watching that all day. I'm gonna go. I just want to watch somebody do something in something else. This is, but show jumping and cross country are incredible bits. With obviously the second phase is your show jumping. It's Sort of, oh, sorry, the no, second phase is your cross country, which challenges your rider and horse's physic physicality. It's 
what, 12 to 20 fences or sort of the lower levels with 30 to 40 fences at high level on a long outdoor circuit as you're running around with your horse jumping these fences i mean that's a real test to sort of a the physical shape of your horse your bravery and the trust between that rider and that horse better them than me but yeah i think it'd be fantastic to to go and watch the the, the size of the horse is always amazes me at something like that you know when you watch on the tv you just kind of appreciate them the size and the speed that they travel at so i think it'll be something that'll be really good to, to go and witness i absolutely agree we i did um some marshalling at the house and horse trials in norfolk um and we basically we were manning the gates where people crossed over the cross-country tracks we'd have to be shut it when the horse was coming you sort of stood there at the speed that this horse comes through and the height it's like that is okay i have to take a little step back as mud flies up everywhere it's, <laughs> it's quite it's quite impressive to watch and then the last phase, obviously, is the show jumping, which is your your standard stadium jumping, the the technical jumping skills of the horses and riders paired with sort of obedience, fitness, athleticism, and that's about twelve to twenty fences in a ring. I mean, that that's that's quite fun to watch in its own right. Yeah, I think I'd be keen to go and see that. Yeah, something a wee, wee bit different. As I said before, it's not the the sport I'd have the greatest love for, but I think just to appreciate the the skill of the people on board the horses and the ability of the horses then yeah and the intense competition makes it sound good to me yeah we've spoken on other ones when we had chris cook on about flat racing and the difference of flat racing and the, the, the difference in their courses but i think this is just a different level of you know general rider horse relationship than running on a flat sort of flat course and this is this jumps this is skill this is completely different yeah, that's right. Yeah, and 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 the day you know you horse racing. Yeah, okay. On this day, any horse could win the race, but tends to be the, the top three or four horses in the betting come out on top. Whereas something like this, it's just an absolute lottery. You know, it's as to who turns up over the the three days and handles the three disciplines the best. I'll be the winner. Yeah, and they've got they're, they're varying different classes. I mean, one of the things about the the way that they run the, the particularly the eventing horse things is there's no upper limit for your age so you could be an 80 year old going around on your cross country having a, having a, having an absolute jolly absolutely loving it i think the lowest age on it is something like 12 and there's certain height restrictions obviously for the horse but their classes go up for, from some phenomenal ones so the, the domestic and national classes you can be going jumping heights of 85 centimeter gates in show in sort of show jumping and 80 centimeters at cross country up to one and a half well 1.3 meters for the show jumping and 1.2 for cross that's a ridiculous amount of height jeez it's high no no thank you no that's i mean you're already up there on what, what average height of a horse is what, at least sort of six foot and then you yeah. then you there's you and then you're jumping over a fence that's another another couple of, that's the there's a very very long way up in the air i'll just stay in the grandstands seating watch and that could do for me i know that the, the bravery though you, you're running cross country full speed suddenly there is a one meter 20 centimeter gate that you then got to jump over and then keep going and i was just like i, I, I no, there's i wouldn't want to do that that honestly i take that hat to my hat off to them because that's that's an incredible ability to be able to trust that and be able to get your horse to that position where you're able confident enough to actually go and do that while you're almost what 10 foot up in the air according to the worst comes to the worst in this it's a adverse weather you know again it's not like a car where you're driving and then the motor where you put your uh, window wipers on and you're you, you get clear the view as best you can you're 
on top of that horse so you can stop and wipe the water off your face for two minutes, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like horse racing is one of those ones that's a bit like the um, the extreme East motorsport racing that they did, they're, they're doing, where they were over in um, Senegal on the, the coast of um, Africa. And your first couple of cars, you're right, but after several cars go down, you start to get sort of laden grooves. You know, once a couple of horses go down, some bits, some bits are going to get very wet, very muddy as you go through that. And that's going to really change. I mean, do you reckon you'd be better going off as a first rider or sort of one or two back? Because I don't think you'd want to be the last one after, you know, you've had 30 horses run down the same track. Yeah, so there's horses through now. I fancy your chances. Yeah, going first when the track's untested again is... Ever miss, but yeah, I suppose I think yeah, probably rather be one of the early runners than one of the later runners, but no, either way, not for me. Well, let's hope for some very good weather for them then. So, A, we all stay dry and everybody who comes to watch stays dry, but also that there's not huge big puddles of mud on that cross-country course because that would not be fun and be very, very muddy for your horse. But that, so yeah, that's, it should be a really good event. I mean, they've had, as we said before, they've had huge names in the past. They've got huge names coming up in it um and hopefully it will be a good weekend of gen of sort of eventing um show jumping cross country dressage and they've got a couple of sort of um horse shows as well to show like working horses and things like that so it should be really really good very uh, much so so as i said before if you're in the local area and needing something to do this weekend the weather's fingers crossed set fair so get yourself along yeah, and the the thing they do with these horse trials, they have they have huge shopping villages as well. Like going buy your tweed jackets and your boots and all this sort of outdoor country sort of style clothing and massive massive food like different food vans and all sorts. So they make a real really big day out of it, and they are worth going along. As far as I said, if you've got some, if you can, if you're not ends or something to do, have a look see if you can get yourself down there because it should be good for everybody. But Thursday we will see St. Johnston go in what could potentially be their biggest game yet, although they claimed that the first Galatasaray won and then the second one, and then the first leg of this one was big. So, you know, but we'll just, we'll have a little chat about the Europa League game for the sort of bow out of the Europa League. Did well in Turkey, not so well when they came home. No, well, and the day was a game where they weren't expected to win. Yes, as you said, they did exceptionally well to go to, to, to Turkey. And get a, a draw in the, the first game. Yeah, they weathered a bit of a storm in the opening quarter of the game, but as the, the half grew on, they grew into the game, got more and more confident, took the lead in the early second half through a Jason Kerr penalty after a moment of madness by the Alatasaray defence and, and goalkeeper. And unfortunately, the lead only lasted, lasted uh, a matter of moments. Yes, you can argue St. Johnson maybe could have gone on to try and be a bit more adventurous to try and have taken the win from that game playing against 10 men but then at the same time you're playing against an experienced European team even with 10 men it's always a risk you know and the second game will come to a minute just what are you thinking on the first game? Yeah I think the same sort of thing I think possibly could have done looked a little bit more to push home that advantage you know, maybe maybe chuck another body forward. Maybe you know, they depends on where they take who they took off to bring it on. You know, if they've taken off a forward, you don't need. Do you need if they've got one striker left on the pitch? Do you need three defenders up there? You know, there's there's ways they could have changed. I think to maybe try and drive home that advantage. Um, but we we knew that there was there was going to be a chance in the Europa League that they weren't going to get that far. But the advantage was that 
they would get this playoff game in the Conference League, which, if they get through, will take them straight into the group stages. Guaranteed football till Christmas, £2.5 million for reaching the group stages, plus anything extra that comes from TV rights and all of that other stuff. So there's a huge windfall to come from that. And they're in a good position again, going into the second leg, one all draw away from home. Can they do Can they do it? Can they avoid doing what they did last time? It'd be great to see them do it, but again, I just worry that their lack of goals is going to, to hurt them. You know, there's uh, Glenn Middleton coming in on loan from Rangers is a, a great piece of business. He is a really classy player, one player I enjoy watching. But I just worry there's nobody on the same level as him. Yes, it's going to be a, a great boost to have David Witherspoon back in the mid- middle of the park again. He's been sorely missed the last couple of weeks due to um, being in contact with somebody with, with COVID. But I just, I just worry about Stevie May's just not had a hide say he once had. I know he's had uh, a bad injury in recent years and he's just never fully recovered from it. And maybe Thursday might be the night for him to, to be the hero. Chris Kane, oh, he just works so hard. He's tireless with his work. But again, he's not a prolific goal scorer. And that's what St. Johnson need. They'd hope to sign a new striker from Finland, which has been heavily delayed by red tape and a, a work permit. And if they could have got him in, then that could have been massive. But I just I just worry they're not going to score the goals they need to get through. Yeah, we see we see stri- strikers are premium, like 20 goals, 20 goals a season strikers are really hard to come by. You think you think why Celtic and Rangers are going to demand so much money if and when Morelos and Edouard move on. At least Celtic have got the, the guy from Japan who's come over and absolutely lit everything up, up for him. But yeah, I think goals is going to be the big bit. I think the big boost is Clark. Clark played really well in that first game. Number of big saves late on the big impressive saves to, to keep them in the tie. You said Mid- Middleton, I think if they use Middleton right, and I would like to see him come out of that midfield, that midfield three, and come into more of a number 10 role, give him that freedom, play him off somebody like May, who can hold up a ball or flick a ball on. And because he's got, Middleton's got pace for days. Like let him run, get him, get him in situations where no centre-back in the world wants to be running back towards their goal. And I think that's that's going to be part of their the advantage is you've got a player like Middleton with so much pace. You can use May to flick some balls onto him and let him get in behind because he's going to cause some problems. Yeah, totally agree. And even Michael Halloran, he's another one that's got so much energy to, to burn. And again, it's just at times he gets in great position and doesn't have the, the final shot. But, but maybe Thursday might just be the night when it all comes good to him. And you mentioned... Xander Clark, great news for him today. Called up to the Scotland squad for the uh, next three upcoming internationals. So big congratulations to, to him. Fully deserved for his performances over the last year and a half. He's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it's absolutely really well deserved for him. Although uh, here we are advocates that he should have been in the Euro squad, but each to their own, I guess. On on Obviously, we don't make the decisions who gets to be in the Scotland squad. But yeah, we it's absolutely deserved it. The way he's played over the last season, coming in and coming this one, has been phenomenal. And I think he should be a good. It should hopefully be good for him against in the second leg if he can find some of that that confidence. He's that that big boost of confidence now. And I think that will help them. The defensively player right. Let's not give away questionable penalties again. And some poor decision making for the equaliser. 
but it's nerves a little bit going to play a big part. You know, there's so much on the line with this. Yeah, that's right. And the fact it's going to be another full house in McDermott, which is going to help them. But at the same time, the fans are going to expect so much. They didn't expect a lot against Galatasaray. They knew it was an opportunity they had because they knew Galatasaray wasn't the team that they once were. But to be, they were being realistic and knew it was going to be a, a tough ask. Yes, again, the game on Thursday is a, a, a really difficult test. This is a good team from Austria. But they know it is a, a game that is more than winnable for them if they just put all the areas of the game together. They know they've got a strong defence where they um, build their foundation from and it has been so successful from. It just needs that more, we were more from the middle of the park going forward to complete the job. Yeah, but as you said, Wallerspoon should be back, which should give a big boost to that midfield, utilise Middleton in the right way and there should be some problems. And it, and I mean, the best of luck to them. Um, I will be there, hopefully, watching them win, which would be really good. Um, let's not hope for extra time and penalties because nobody wants extra time and nobody wants penalties in a, in a match like this. No, definitely not, no. Penalties is just such a, a pure lottery. It's great for the, the neutral centre home watching when you can just don't need to carry either way. But when it's a team that you've got such close interest involved in, every penalty becomes worse than the the, the one previous as you can relate to all too well going back to the, the Euros. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I don't know what you mean about it's fun for a neutral. I watched the Man United Villarreal and I was bored to tears. Just somebody save somebody or something he missed. I mean, that was some of the worst goalkeeping and penalties I've ever seen in my life. No, it's entertaining just to see the uh, poor David to hear miss at the end. Yeah, nobody wants to be in that seat. Pen- penalties are horrible. Um, I guess we, we should do our one where you do the MLS rule or uh, what was it Jim, yeah, was it Jim said? Turn the lights off. Turn the lights off for 15 minutes. I think that'd be great if that they had brought that entire game the MLS style penalty shoot. I thought it was such entertainment, you know, as opposed to just a standard shot from 12 yards. I liked the MLS way of doing it. I thought it was quite novel and interesting, but I never seemed to, to last for very long over there. Uh, well, good best of luck to St. Johnson and obviously congratulations to Xander Clark for his Scotland call-up. That's going to be that's huge for him and hopefully he'll get a shot in some of those games to prove that actually he could, he could be Scotland's number one moving forward. And of course, we will be bringing you some live coverage from Blair Castle Horse Trials over the course of the event with sort of live mini, well, not quite live, sort of mini podcasts um, giving you a roundup of the days, the previous day's actions and what will be coming up on that day. But that is all we've got time for today. So thank you very much for listening and thank you, Fraser, for joining me. Thank you, Nathaniel. You have a nice time with the horse trials. Sports Point, a Heartland Multimedia Production. Find out more at www.heartland.com.